For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The world-famous Superbook Sports is now at the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk. You can get right in the heart of the action. Catch all of the games on their state-of-the-art TVs in the comfort of this traditional sportsbook. I have been there. It's a fantastic place to watch a game. Superbook Sports is known for better odds, favorable pricing, and an extensive wagering menu focusing on your Colorado teams. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 for help. Welcome to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7. Can you believe it? We are now into training camp. We had a media barbecue on Tuesday at UC Health Training Center. Able to talk to GM George Payton, CEO Joe Ellis, Coach Vic Fangio, Von Miller, Cortland Sutton. And Wednesday is the first practice when Broncos country will be allowed back out at UC Health Training Center. First time in a couple years. I know players are really looking forward to the energy you all will provide out there. And also, it will be our first glimpse of the quarterback derby. So it's going to be an interesting camp. Interesting, at times frustrating, because I know some in Broncos country from my conversations at grocery stores and running errands, a lot of you wanted Aaron Rodgers. I can see why. He had 90 touchdowns and nine nine interceptions the last two years. Uh, The Packers had more touchdown passes than punts last year. If memory serves, that was not the case for your Denver Broncos. So it's left to Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke on Wednesday will get the first snap because he's the returner. He was on the team before, and then it will be the 50-50 battle. So we will get into all of that uh, as part of this podcast. But the first, I want to go to the news of the day from Tuesday, which is strictly uh, and narrowly defined by the ownership story. Joe Ellis addressed the issue much more candidly than he has in years past. And he presented uh, the three options that are available to the Broncos while saying the team is currently not for sale and it will not be sold during the season, that this issue will be addressed in the offseason. And by that, he means that there's a few routes here. Number one, following the season, which he hopes include a deep playoff run, they could sell the team. Uh, the Bowen family could cash out, you know, after seven years, bickering, lawsuits, threatening lawsuits, differences over who should be the sibling in charge, issues with the trust, uh, the trust validated. They could just say enough. We're going to cash out. I mean, again, you're talking about a billions of billions, plural franchise. So they'd each make a crazy amount of money, maybe 450 million of the seven kids. So that's one option. Sell the team outright. Wash your hands of it. Second option, Brittany Bolin remains on the track to be the owner. She is the preferred choice of the trust. Joe Ellis made that very clear uh, that Brittany has you know, made that and established herself 
in a leadership position while working with the Broncos. But for her to be the owner, the other siblings and beneficiaries would have to agree to it. There are conditions to it. And even if there was a settlement and you know, they threw the lawsuit out a few weeks ago, I cannot see the beneficiaries, meaning the kids, the other children, agreeing to Brittany as the owner. It's not even personal. It's just the issue of, of we've seen in the Shakespearean drama of the Boland family with kids to different wives. It has been a tangled web. So if they would not agree to it, which is a condition kind of of the trust, certainly of the NFL, that there's one sole owner and a voice, what would be the other option? Joe Ellis did not lay this out. He said there could be other options. One, in my educated opinion and guess in talking to sources, would be you try to keep Brittany Boland as the owner, keep her on that track, and you bring in a couple of huge investors that maybe want to be in the NFL, don't want to be the owner, but this is their way into the NFL as a huge investor that would then qualify them, make them look different and view differently in the league's eyes if a team does come up for sale. And then those new investors could help you pay off the disagreeing and unhappy beneficiaries slash siblings. That's an option too. But Joe Ellis made it clear the team will not be sold during the season. It is an off-season issue. He said that the NFL is okay with that. But that's the last time, frankly, they're, they're going to be okay. The NFL wants resolution. You say you want a resolution? Uh, isn't that what the Beatles uh, sang? Oh, wait, man, that was revolution. But you get the idea. And Ellis is leaving in March. I have talked about this, that people at, out at Broncos, that it's a media member, is acting like if, if this were a surprise. This has been the plan. Ellis is going to leave in March. Now, he could be part of a of the transition team for a new owner, new CEO, but he is done in his role at the Broncos at the end of this year. It is over for Ellis. So either that means he's done and Brittany's the owner or he's done and there's a new owner. But this is something, again, as soon as January, there could be quick movement. Uh, and I would expect Ellis to be done by March, even if he is part of a transitional period. But he was very blatant, excuse me, blatant, blunt in saying they're trying uh, to move forward this year without dealing with the sell of the team, that it is going to be an off-season issue. But it was what else Joe Ellis said in his press conference that I thought was easily the most interesting thing uh, we heard on Tuesday. And we'll get to that right after the break. My Believe in Broncos podcast is sponsored by Hoggett Injury Law. Their motto, with us, it's personal. Speaking of personal, let me tell you about my friend Darby Hoggett. I've known Darby for the better part of a decade. Coached his son in travel baseball. At those tournaments, we would talk a lot of baseball and a lot of Broncos. He's a huge Broncos fan. We've become friends. In fact, many of Darby's clients have become his good friends. You don't even have to pay Darby up front. If your case goes as planned, Darby will be the one writing checks to you. If you've been hurt in a car wreck or injured at work, give his team a call at 1-833-HOGGETT. H-O-G-G-A-T-T. Or find out more by visiting their website at www.hoggetlaw.com. Welcome back to the Believe in Broncos podcast. I am your host, Troy Rank from Denver 7. And training camp starts on Wednesday for your Broncos. Uh, it's going to be uh, a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm. Again, fans have a chance to be out there for the first time in a couple years. So that's, that's a great thing. But... Honestly, the fans I talk to, there's there's some angst there. There's some real frustration. 
And that's why I want to bring bring you back to Joe Ellis's press conference. Usually Joe Ellis's press conference, it's more of a business press conference, more of a news press conference. How does how do profits look? What does post-pandemic look like? What are the you know plans for the stadium? I mean, these are more business questions. But what I liked about Joe Ellis is he was honest. He he made it very clear uh, that he's over it. He's over the losing. And you can hear that in his voice, in his soundbite. He showed up wearing a blue polo. He had a tan. But he looks like a man, frankly, who's had enough of five years without the playoffs and four straight losing seasons for the first time since 1963 to 7-2. Listen to what Joe had to say. I've come before you for the last several training camps, you know, spewing optimism and excited and and uh, the numbers five and eleven, six and ten, seven and nine, and five and eleven come out at the end of the year. But we gotta win, you know. I can't. We just have to win. It's 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 kind of enough already for me personally, just watching it. And I've been here for a lot of years when we had some success, and to have it carry on in the other direction for as long as it has, uh, it's it it it's tough for everybody. So again, that's that's for me. That's one of the most honest things I've heard out there in terms of just blatant transparency. That that's what I hear from fans. You know what he says right there is it's tough. He says we just have to win. We've got to win. It's an it's kind of enough already for me personally. Just watching it, I, I agree. I like again. You have to understand the context from which that comes. Ellis is part of the Super Bowl teams. For 30 to 35 years, this team began every day at first day of training camp thinking they could win a Super Bowl most of those years. If not, certainly make a deep run in the playoffs. The Broncos have not been relevant since the end of the 2016 season. The last time they were 500 during a season was Vance Joseph last year uh, in 18, where they were 6-6 six and six and proceeded to lose their final four games. Vic Fangio has not won a game in September. That's part of the reason they're completely out of it. They remind me of the Rockies on June 1st. He's 0-7 in September. They're not built to climb out of that kind of hole. They're just not. Uh, but this year's team, there is, there's reasons for optimism because they're better. They're, they're better defensively. Their offensive weapons are maturing. And you've got the return of Cortland Sutton. So that'll help. But we were able to talk with George Payton. Ask him about the expectations for this team and George Payton, Vaughn Miller, Cortland Sutton, they all kind of weighed in here, but George Payton kept it real uh, in terms of what the goal is here, that they're not just conceding this season. This season matters, certainly for Coach Fangio and his staff, but even in George Payton's situation with a long-term deal, he realizes it is time for this team to get back on track. Yeah, I mean, we expect to win. You know, that's, uh, we have high expectations here. Um, the players want to win. The staff, everyone wants to win. We're going to do whatever it takes. Obviously, it starts tomorrow. It's a process. Every day is a process. You know, and I've said this before. We want to be relevant November, December. We want to make a push for the playoffs. I know Vic feels the same way. But, you know, it does no good talking about it. We have to do it on the field, and uh, we plan on doing it. So, of course, that brings us to the quarterback question. It is always the question for the Broncos, it seems. Because stop me if you've heard these stats before. They've had 10 starters since Peyton Manning. Only two have a winning record. That is Brett Rippon at 1-0 and Trevor Simeon at 13-11. and 
if Teddy Bridgewater were to win the starting job, he would represent the Broncos' fifth different starter in five years on opening day. That list goes back to Simeon, Keenum, Flacco, Locke, and then you'd have Bridgewater. So what is the plan at quarterback? Vic Fangio outlined it, and so did George Payton. George Payton talked about, you know, we want to get this solved sooner rather than later. And he would hope to have some separation going into those joint practices against Minnesota. I'll be there, but that's the second week of August. Going into those practices leading into the first preseason game, maybe have a little separation there. Um, Vic Fangio said, ideally it is sooner rather than later. But he described a scenario where it could go to the third game, that preseason game, because you have the two weeks off after that third preseason game before the opener. But that creates complications because, as he said, you'd have to play a viable offensive line and some receivers. You can't evaluate the quarterbacks if you have a third-string line and third-string receivers. And so that means do you want to risk putting out your first-string, second-string offensive line in the third preseason game and playing uh, your receivers in that game? I mean, it's a risk. I don't, I don't know that I would take it because I would make the decision, frankly, no later than after the Seattle game. But what do they feel about the quarterback position? We talked to all the important guys. Let's see, hear them weigh in from Coach Fangio, Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, and the like. See what they had to say about this quarterback derby that's going to be 50-50 as they try to make a decision on the starter before the end of training camp. We're like everybody else. We, um, we want it to define itself quickly sooner rather than later, but we're going to let the process play itself out. I'm looking forward to being able to go out there and work with both of them, just as, you know, I'm pretty sure the rest of the receivers are looking forward to going out there and work with both of them. They both bring unique um, abilities to the to the game and to that position. And, you know, whenever the starter gets named, they'll get named, then, you know, we'll rally behind them and, you know, go out there and win some games. It should be good. And, you know, whatever whatever quarterback we roll out there with, man, I, I feel comfortable with they'll be able to lead that offense. I can go out there and lead that offense. You know, we got, we got all type of weapons out there. So it'll be, uh, it'll be exciting to see. So, you know, welcome back to uh, the podcast after those sound bites. Hope that gives you a better read on what the Broncos plan on doing. And before we get into anything more, I'd say, but, you know, the Broncos, they're not closing any doors on the quarterback uh, competition. And you know who knows all about doors? My man, Jamie Haig of RBJ Glass. He and his wife, Lisa, run their family business. They pride themselves on customer service, honesty, and integrity. Listen, I coached basketball with Jamie for a few years through the Longmont feeder program where my boys were in it. And I know he's a man of character, a man of principle. I absolutely love coaching with Jamie. And he shows these characteristics in his business. They do great work, and they stand behind it. RBJ Glass installs European shower enclosures, standard shower glass. They also install mirrors, window and glass replacement, insulated doggy doors, office cubicles, and small commercial storefronts. They have competitive prices and offer discounts to veterans, senior citizens, and they've even accommodated accommodated single parents. So give my friend Jamie of RBJ Glass a call at 720-883-883. 3144 or email him at rbjglass2017 at gmail.com. So where does it stand with those quarterbacks? What do they want to see? Again, they're going to evaluate every practice. They're going to certainly evaluate those joint practices against Minnesota leading up to the preseason game. And there are a number of issues they're going to be evaluating. You know, how does the team react to a mistake under a certain quarterback? Is that a small mistake, a catastrophic mistake? 
Who's the most accurate? Who gets them in the right play at the line of scrimmage? Can a guy take chances and take care of the ball? That's been Drew Locke's issue. And he has no issue taking chances. He's a shooter. Shooter, shoot. But you can't throw the ball away. You can't throw picks in the NFL anymore. I mean, again, the guys that lead the league in picks right now average one pick a game. Back in the day, you could throw a couple picks every game, and that was the league. But that doesn't that model doesn't exist. You, it's a risk-averse league when it comes to turnovers in the passing game. And so can Drew learn to take chances and take care of the ball? Can Teddy take enough chances while taking care of the ball? Now, he's not perfect at taking care of the ball, but when people say, why do you give him a little bit of an edge? Because they have to start fast. Vic Fangio's 0-7 in September. So if it's all things are equal, I think it'll tilt toward the veteran because he thinks that they would think, this is my words, they could beat the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets with Teddy just being a game manager and letting their defense go to work. I don't like that as a long-term strategy, but for those first three weeks, you could certainly argue you could win low-scoring games that way. You know, George Payton told me today that he thinks the offense is going to score more than 21 points a game. They haven't done that since Manny retired. He thinks they'll be more explosive. They're going to be more physical. I think that is going to be the identity of this team without them saying it, that they are going to run the football. They are going to be closer to the Cleveland Browns of last year than the Chiefs of the last couple years. Run the football, set up play action, run bootlegs, allow yourself to create an identity through the ground up front, then to go to the passing game. That's what Shermer has to do, frankly. Pat Shermer has to pick a lane, figure out who he is. Because the, the Pat Shermer that called the plays at Carolina last year, that was brilliant. That was Drew's best game, 21 for 27. 280 yards, four touchdowns. He's throwing to his backs. He's throwing to his tight ends. He's taking the checkdowns. And then they come out the next week and they just get absolutely blitzed, go back to five wide, get the offensive line healthy, and it goes right down the drain again. They need to figure out who they are, what is their offensive identity. It can't flip from we're going to be a physical running team to let's just stay in five wide and throw it 35 times a game. Because if they do that, they will not go to the playoffs. I can guarantee you that. They've, they have the patent on throwing the ball 35 times and losing games because you cannot win that way consistently in the NFL unless you have an elite quarterback. And even then, at 35 pass attempts a game, it's the numbers are not kind, certainly on the road. So, again, I see this team with an identity that they'll run the ball to take the pressure off these quarterbacks. And, again, if you're asking me, I would try to get that quarterback decision between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater made before the third preseason game. So the locker room knows. They know who the alpha male is. They know who their leader is. I don't want to hear both guys are leaders. That never works. It doesn't. So, again, that's something we'll be keeping an eye on. And certainly uh, the rookies will be keeping an eye on. That's something that you, I know as Broncos country, you want to see these new players. I do the Meet the Picks uh, segment every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And, and Friday at 6 p.m. where I've introduced you to the picks, and that will continue with Jamar Johnson from Indiana. Unfortunately, he's in COVID-19 protocol, but I will do a story on him, and it's up on the denverchannel.com. That will be followed by Caden Stearns on Friday. And if you missed any of the other ones, you can find those stories on the denverchannel.com. That is Jonathan Cooper from Ohio State, Kerry Vincent Jr. from LSU, the cornerback. He's in COVID-19 protocol as well. And Marquis Spencer, uh, defensive lineman from Mississippi State. All of those are on the denverchannel.com. But there'll be highlights for rookies. And it's a time for the rookies to shine and get their chance. And 
that's what I want to tell you about too, finally here. When it comes to top prospects, if you know them better than my man Lou Birch of Birch Prospects, I have known Lou for several years. He helped place both my sons in college baseball at Westmont College in Santa Barbara and the University of Colorado in Colorado Springs. Birch Prospects is a college recruiting service on a national scale. The organization has placed over 750 student-athletes into college programs in 41 states. The services include recruiting management, video and national marketing. You know, in Birch Prospects, his footprint extends from Stanford to Miami and countless D1, D2, D3, and NAI schools in between. For more info, check out the website at birchprospects.com. That's Birch, B-I-R-C-H, prospects.com, or call 858-334-9023. So as we finish the podcast today, some final thoughts here. Talking to Vaughn Miller, it was a pleasure. He had told me, I asked him, how long you want to play, Vaughn? And he said, five to seven years. Why? His son is going to be born in the next seven to ten days. He's hoping to have his son see him play on an NFL field where he understands what's going on. I don't know if that's realistic. That would be Vaughn playing till he's 37 to 39. It's been done. He'd be a specialist, obviously, at that point. Maybe a guy you bring in for 20 snaps at you know 35 years old. But we saw, you've seen it with DeMarcus Ware. We've seen it with other older players, uh, elite, basically Hall of Fame type players. And Von Miller, certainly that for me. But Von's at peace. He has changed his attitude. Remember last year he came in, he had watched um, the last dance with Michael Jordan. And inspired by that, he obviously lost someone he admired in Kobe Bryant. He read, you know, he wanted to bring that Mamba mentality uh, and holding his teammates accountable. And again, I like the message, but it, he's not the messenger for that. Von Miller is a guy who's a glue guy in a locker room. He's outgoing. He's guys. That, he's a guy that brings guys together. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant were heartless in the way they did leadership. They did not care if their teammates hated them. That did not bother them in the least. That's not Von Miller. And he admitted that to me, both at the Rocky Celebrity All-Star Game and then today, where he's at peace. He's played 11 years in the league. He knows who he is. He knows who he is as a player. And he's going to go out and have fun, focusing on enjoying his teammates, enjoying the game he loves, which he did not play last year. And that's a good place for Vaughn to be. He can lead by example. Make sure you're leading in drills. Make sure you're out first out of the locker room or one of those guys. Because teammates, all eyes are on him. And how Vaughn acts and how he practices matters. But he doesn't need to be a yeller screamer. That's not Vaughn Miller. What they need from Vaughn Miller is to be happy, to be healthy, and be productive. And he's in a really good place right now for me mentally. As for Cortland Sutton, he told me the plan is for him to play one preseason game. Did not say which one. My guess is it would probably be the second one of the three, uh, knowing that the first team offense will be in there probably a half. He said he's close to 100%. Usually guys with ACL, the final part's the mental part because you've been cleared physically, and he's cleared physically. But you just got to get through the kind of that barrier mentally that, hey, if I jump here, if I do this, it's nothing's going to happen to my knee. But Cortland is in a good spot. He understands that this offense missed him, as George Payton told me uh, on Tuesday. They missed their voice. They missed the voice and leadership of Cortland Sutton. I agree with him. Sutton, you know, isn't that way necessarily with us in the media, but when I talk to teammates, he has a presence in the huddle. And just the way he plays is inspirational to teammates. So having him back with Jerry Judy, who Von Miller said could be a monster this year, and I agree. I, I think Jerry Judy has a chance to be their best offensive player. Again, 
I tilt that and say it's probably going to need to be Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Mike Boone, because they, they need to run the ball for me to get through this season and get a winning record. But Jerry Judy had the most impressive offseason of any player on the team for me, and I think you're going to see that, fans, uh, when you see them practice out there. So, And a couple other quick notes. Baron Browning, the rookie from Ohio State, third rounder, he could have practiced, they say, on Wednesday, but more likely will be within the week. He's had a lower leg issue, so that's good news. Bradley Chubb will be eased back into the routine. He had those bone spurs removed from his ankle. It kept him from doing his normal conditioning, so they're going to be very careful and monitor him as they ease him back in, but no reason to think he and Von Miller won't be both healthy for the opener. So that is something uh, to keep an eye on. They also quickly signed former CU safety Tedrick Thompson and backup center Brett Jones. That will require a roster move, but adding to the back of that roster, creating more competition. This is certainly a team that's deeper across the board and from a special team standpoint and both offensively and defensively. They're deeper, but it nobody cares about talk anymore. Everyone sees this Broncos team pretty much as I do. It's prove-it mode. And we heard that from Joe Ellis today. He's sick and tired of the losing. I think Broncos country can agree. Let's see with that first practice if they can rebound like Dennis Rodman. So thanks for joining me today. As always, uh, thanks to my sponsor, Superbook Sports, Darby Hoggett of the Hoggett Injury Law, my new sponsors, Birch Prospects and RBJ Glass. Uh, this show would not be possible without their support. And certainly my son, Dagan, who produces these podcasts and turns them around so quickly. We plan on having two through training camp and then two during the regular season as well. Broncos country, I do this podcast for you. Happiness, that begins with me. Go out there and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.